As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is episode 363 of JumboThink. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to JumboThink, where we interview dreamers, makers, innovators, and influencers all about their journey of turning dreams and ideas into reality. Along the way, we're going to share some tips on how you can turn your own dreams and ideas into reality too. Our guest on today's show is Robert Ferguson. More about Robert in a moment. Whether you're a new listener or a longtime fan, if you've never subscribed to JumboThink, now's the time to do it. Head on over to wherever you listen to podcasts, search for JumboThink, and click subscribe. To make it even easier, if you head on over to JumboThink.com, you'll find links to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and more. So go on over and subscribe to the show. Now let's join today's conversation. Hey there, friends. Welcome to JumboThink. My name's Michael Woodward. I am your host. We have a really cool conversation lined up for you today. Our guest is Robert Ferguson. You might not recognize his name, but you've probably heard of Hillsong, maybe Hillsong Music or Young and Free or Hillsong United, Hillsong New York City, Hillsong Sydney, Hillsong South Africa. You've probably heard of Hillsong. And Robert's been there for the last 30 years as the teaching pastor. Recently, he released a new book called Are You Getting This? And it's about a topic we love here at Jumble Think, and that is the art of storytelling. His book, Are You Getting This?, is a practical guide to discovering the storytelling methods that he's used for his own life to unpack, how stories pass on gathered wisdom, reveal much about a person's identity, convey responsibility, and still values and uncover truth. We're going to be talking about the book. We're going to be talking about some things going on at Hillsong. We're going to be talking about how story impacts our lives and how our lives are a bigger part of a bigger story. It's a really fun conversation. So let's go ahead and join the conversation we had with today's guest, Robert Ferguson. Our guest today is Robert Ferguson, and he is the teaching pastor at Hillsong in Australia, although it's a global movement. He's he's at home base there, uh, keeping down the fort as as things are going on around the world. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks very much indeed for being uh, allowing me to be on your program. It's uh, been fun. I, I'm a, a longtime Hillsong fan. Of course, you know, the Darlene Jacques days and, and into today and everything that's going on. We just recently had Alex Pappas from Young and Free on the show. Oh, excellent. Okay. Well, he is a good man. He is a good man. And uh, he was up way late for us uh, to come on. So it was nice to that he did that. Very generous of him. You have a new book out. Are, are you getting this? 
and it's about the craft of storytelling. That's right. It's it's got a bit it's got a bit more of a larger brief. Okay. It's called Are You Getting This? Because I've been a teacher now for forty five or so years. Yeah. And Are You Getting This? is my mantra. I'm I'm desperate for people to get an idea, whatever the idea is. And so I use the phrase all the time. So actually, Darlene, many years ago, said, if you ever write a book on communication, it should be called Are You Getting This? So it's really about effective communication. Well, that's crazy. I uh, love the concept of the book. I love the approach to the book. But before we dive into the book, there is an important question. You uh, are a person of faith. Faith is infused into the book, but you didn't start out the journey to become a pastor or to become a teacher, to become a speaker. You were going down the road of science, and somewhere you got sidetracked into a new journey. How did that happen? Well, you're absolutely right. The last thing I wanted to be was a preacher. I went to university to study zoology, yeah, uh, specifically animal behavior. Yeah. And in the middle of my season of studying, God arrested me. Mm. I became a believer, but still wanted to continue my studies. Actually, I, was, I share Jonah's story. When God called him to do what he wanted him to do, Jonah ran in the opposite direction. And that was exactly what I did. The last thing I wanted to do was to be a preacher or a teacher in a church. So I ran in the opposite direction until God got a hold of me in a biology classroom and said, what are you doing here? So I was a reluctant convert to what I do initially. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's pretty incredible. My favorite line from your bio, though, and, and I've, you know, we're, we're talking about getting places and that's part of the story. How did you go from biology into being a teacher and a world-class one at that? You, you're known around the world for your teaching on scripture and faith and, and Christianity. But I love this English by birth, Australian by choice and European by taste. Talk to us about that. You end up at Hillsong. How did that happen? Well, I was uh, brought up in England in a, on a farming community in the south of England with no intention of ever going to Australia. But around about 35, when I was just thinking of a change, I was invited Mm. to come to Australia just for two years, to be involved in the Bible College here, and just to help out in a particular area. So I came with a two-year contract, and here I am 30 years later. So the way I describe myself is English by birth, but Australian by choice. I add European by taste, because if if anyone asks an English person what they want to drink, they assume they want tea. But actually, I prefer coffee. So I always say European by taste. And if I'm in a Christian context, I say kingdom by culture. I love that. That's really, really fun. I also recently checked out, well, it has to be real recent because this was from, I think this last Sunday, you did a sermon on what are you telling yourself? And and I wanted to use that as a launching point into this conversation of story. So much of our lives is defined by the story we tell ourselves. And that was the purpose of your message. And what are you telling yourself, especially in this season of COVID and uh, really unrest in so many different ways? How... Is story the defining factor of our lives? 
Well, I'm, I'm very impressed that you listened to the message on Sunday. One of the things that I said was that Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of the great preachers in the 20th century in England, said the problem with most of us is that we listen to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. And I think that's such a powerful thought. Yeah. We allow the circumstances and the challenges and the problems to speak to our situation and our condition instead of handling ourselves. And I think in terms of story, the best way to describe it is to understand that God is in charge. He has a big overarching story and I form a subplot in his story. So much of what I do is to uh, help people find their place in God's story. And in this really tough time, we often feel alienated from God's story. We think that God is doing whatever he, he's doing, but he doesn't involve us. But I see myself as an integral part of his plan, his purpose, and his story. And if I can communicate that to other people, well, they'll perhaps feel a little more peaceful in these troubled times. Yeah, I, I think it was Lou Giglio. He did a whole series on uh, understanding that God's story is his story, history as we call it, and that we're a part of that story, but we aren't, I think in our culture, we make the story of our world about us. And so often we lose sight of the bigger story of God in us, through us, and how his story is much larger and much more written than we could ever imagine for ourselves. Yeah, and I think you make a hugely important point. We think of ourselves as the main character. God is always the main character. Yeah. He is the hero. And when I'm trying to explain it to people, I draw a story arc, and somewhere in the story arc with lots of images, there is a small, small full stop, or maybe the dot over the top of an eye, and I put an arrow next to the dot and say, this is where you fit in. Perhaps not as large as you think. You're a part of it, but not that big a part of it. Well, and, and talking about story arcs, in the book, you actually break it down two different ways in your introduction. You talk about home, call, discovery, goal, and return. But you also use the letters story to make it easier to remember what a story arc is. Okay, well, I've just broken each book on storytelling will give you a different arc. Yeah. But I, what I like is that classic quest story the, the main hero or heroine starts at home, is called to an adventure, goes on a journey of discovery, uh, reaches their goal and returns home. That would, be, that would be the story of Simba in The Lion King. It would be the story of Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. It would be the story of uh, Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings. That is the classic story. So all I've done is taken that story arc and adapted it for a methodology to communicate. So I instead of going home, call, discovery, goal, return, I go story, tension, observation, revelation, you, which follows the same story arc, but obviously spells out story. And it's a really good pattern to help people just concentrate their mind, help their thoughts, know where they're on, where they are on their own journey of storytelling. You know, I think that most people who study story and story arcs really uh, look back to Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. Is this the same kind of arc as as what he communicates through that hero's journey uh, in the st story arc he shares? Yes. Look, uh, Joseph Campbell was uh, one of those people that came up with a whole idea. And then many other writers have written about it. 
in many of those books, they have lots of lots of steps in the journey. Sometimes there are a number of different archetypes, a number of different people involved. But the basic idea is there. They're just unpacking how story operates. And so I just say, well, this is the basic idea and we can use that as a form of ordering our mind and making our communication clearer. You know, I, I think, and I'm going to make a generalization that's not fair, not right, but hey, we've got to make a point of reference. I think that somewhere along the line, we've lost the power of parable in, in the church. And in that, we've taught systems and structures, but there's this mysticism that draws us into story. Mysticism's not the right word, but the mystery of story, the wonder, the discovery. And you talk about discovery in your book. I, I want to talk about that in a few minutes. But in that that journey, it seems like you want to have a rediscovery of that in how you approach what you're doing in the church and bringing back kind of that power of parable again. Uh, look, I couldn't agree more. If you think about it, when... In Deuteronomy 6, the Jewish nation was given a creed. The way they passed on that creed was storytelling. Deuteronomy 6 says, when your son asks you, tell them the story of your rescue. Mm -hmm. And then when Jesus came, if we believe that he is who he says he is, he came to communicate divinity to the world, to communi communicate the idea of the kingdom. You would think, that he would use the best form of communication. And the form of communication he chose was storytelling. Yeah. And for the first few hundred years of the church, that was the simple methodology of communicating the gospel. They used story. But we lost our way, I think. We made it too complicated. And one of the things I love about postmodernism, for all its challenges and for all its difficulties, is that it is promoting story again. And mm -hmm. I think if ever there was a methodology of communication today that could and should be used, it's storytelling. When did you fall in love with story? When did story, you, you, you figured out that that was your tool mechanism that you could really embrace communicating, uh, whether it's in a church setting, a business setting, or outside of that. I know you speak broader than just in the church circles. So when did that become the mechanism you went, oh, wait, I need to get back to that? Well, I think I've always loved storytelling. In fact, when I first became a speaker, after my biology background, I was asked to speak on local radio and tell stories. So I used to write animal stories for local radio. So I've always loved storytelling. But in as a modernist in the 70s, we mm -hmm. weren't allowed to tell our personal stories in church. It would be considered inappropriate. We're wow. meant to be biblical in our thinking, in our communication. So it's only in the last perhaps 20 or 30 years that I've really thought, well, wait a minute, why don't we change the narrative a little and go back to narrative as a foundation yeah. of the way we communicate? We still, we still communicate the text. We still uh, expose the truth of the scripture. We just communicate it in a way that is compelling, exciting, and will, I think, be memorable. Mm -hmm. I, I want to get this right. Uh, you say in the book that this is your redemptive story. What did you mean by that? Well, I love stories that have a relatively happy endings. If you go back to, <laughs> <laughs> if you go back to Joseph Campbell and all the way the stories uh, work, 
they usually say the hero or heroine starts off and then meets uh, some sort of challenge in the middle of their journey, in the middle of their story. They sometimes call it a dark power. Yeah. And what they do with the dark power is what will, what will determine whether that story is a comedy or a tragedy. A comedy has, in effect, a redemptive ending. They get through the problem, they overcome the challenge, and they're rescued, and they fulfill their goal. A tragedy is when we get caught up in the middle of the story, and it all goes horribly wrong. Well, I like it to end more on a comedic note. I like, uh, I like the rescue. I like yeah. the flawed hero, in this case, me, to be rescued. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really, really powerful. I love that there are 20 big ideas. Each chapter is a big idea that goes into the narrative story and how we really approach it. And you break that into various sections, giving tips at the closing. And, and you walk uh, a person through that that story arc that you outlined earlier. You walk them through that. There was uh, two chapters. I, I just really dug the concept about it. The one was about fire overcomes fear. And you specifically talk about how Harrison and... Uh, what I took away from that, me me personally, was that so often we feel like we're not uh, approved for some reason. Maybe it's our education. Maybe it's the level of, you know, you look at Moses and, and his stutter or, you know, being able to communicate in a way that we want. And, and you even point out throughout the book that fear is one of – uh, one of the biggest fears is uh, public speaking. And I, I think that sometimes we miss the mark of what storytelling is and how it can be a mechanism, that it's not just a, a podium in which you captivate an audience. It is how you communicate over the dinner table. It's how you communicate with your team that, at work and everything like that. In that section, I don't want to give away too much because there's a lot of power in that section. I want people to take away for themselves what it means. But my big takeaway was the importance of finding your fire and that that can be really the fuel of storytelling in each of our lives. Yes, you're absolutely right. Well, many of us disqualify ourselves because of what has happened in our youth. Mm. For instance, I was told in my school reports, in fact, I returned to my school and a magazine was put out, the Centenary magazine, in which my geography essay was published as the worst piece of writing in 100 years of the school's history. Oh, my goodness. So when you, when you see that, you can think, well, I can't write. The last thing I want to do is to write a book. But we can all disqualify ourselves because of what has happened. What we need to discover is that we have something within us, namely Christ, namely a fire, a conviction, a mystery, whatever it is, that overcomes all these challenges. So the chapter, Fire Overcomes Our Fear, is trying to get people to understand that they have a fire and they can overcome it. And Jeremiah and all these people in the Bible, they were flawed characters, but they discovered that inner fire was greater than their past history or their present circumstances. Well, and I think the other big takeaway for me for that that chapter was so many people are living lives of discontent. They're living lives of uh, not feeling that they're measuring up. They've bought into this comfortable, safe, especially in Western culture, of I'm going to do the safe play here. At least I, I have a house. And, and I, I know what it's like as a person of faith and in the circles that I, I live in 
to put it all on the line to follow God and have everything fall apart. That's just part of the journey of discovery. And and that's one of the other chapters that stuck out to me is the, the chapter on discovery. Uh, and and I, I, I think that this this fire is more than just about storytelling. It's also about the fervor and, and, and the driving force that aligns you with God's call on your life that pushes you forward. And, and that story is part of it. But I think that that chapter is so much bigger than just storytelling. I totally agree. Uh, when, when I'm communicating about communication, I will often ask some of my students to speak in public. And I remember a number of years ago, a young girl in my class was so terrified that she ran out of the class in tears. I asked her to speak in front of 10 people and she just could not do it. So I called her back and I just said, what makes you angry? Mm. And she said she didn't know what I meant initially, but eventually she started getting more and more animated Mm. about justice and about truth and about doing the right thing. And I said, that's what I'm doing is identifying what makes you tick, what you're called to do. Your passion is your permission. I want you to speak on that. And then the next week, literally a week later, I got her to speak to 500 people with eloquence, with passion, with excitement, simply because she'd identified what made her really tick. Wow. And I used the idea, what makes you angry? Mm, I love that. And I think that that is a challenge that all of us, especially in the faith family, can really be pushed forward with is we've got to find that fire again. We've got to find that fervor. Yeah. And as you say, uh, people, you know, they identify their lives based on the car they have or the house they live in or the suburb they live in or the or whatever it is. And that is not our identity. Our identity is in God. We've got a task to perform. We've got a job to do. And it's our role and responsibility to find that. And that's what gets me up out of bed in the morning. I've been doing this for 46 years. I've been married for 44 of those years. And I would say second to my faith in Christ, my calling, the discovery of why I'm on this earth is the one thing that has enabled me to maintain my passion and even have a fulfilled marriage. We're going to take a break right here, but when we return, we continue the conversation with Robert Ferguson. There are a lot of exciting things happening here at JumbleThink, and we want to keep you in the loop. But for us to keep you updated, you have to join the conversation. And there's two ways to do it. You can head on over to your favorite social media channel, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. You can follow us there, or you can sign up for an email newsletter. When you sign up for the newsletter, you sign up for free giveaways like books and other really cool things that we're doing with guests and upcoming projects we're releasing. We want you to be a part of our story, and I hope that you would want us to be a part of your story. So head on over to jumblethink.com where you can find those links to the social media channels like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, or you can also sign up for that email newsletter. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now let's return to the conversation with today's guest, Robert Ferguson. You talk about the gift of discovery, that we need to go on a journey of discovery to the edges and to reread our hymn sheets from that perspective. You go on to talk about how uh, discovery involves overcoming obstacles and passing tests, allowing us to see with new eyes. And it's that power of discovery that really awakens us in a lot of ways to whether it's a point of view, uh, an experience, a depth of understanding. Unless we're willing to do that, that we're not really getting the full story. We're not getting the fullness of it. I wonder, for a lot of people, we play it safe. We watch Indiana Jones. We watch uh, Expedition Unknown on the Discovery Channel or whatever those shows are. And, and we long for that discovery. We long for that adventure. But in that mix, we, we don't actually choose to engage with it. What could we be doing to learn our story through doing more to step out in faith into discovery? Well, look, I think it is a foundational truth. The first thing you do is walk across the room. Mm. I think that's the first thing you do. Get out of where you are, your comfortable position, walk across the room and talk to a stranger. Yeah. But if you can, get out of your city, get out of your nation and go to somewhere with a different mindset, a different paradigm, a different culture and learn as much as you can. It's those experiences that have transformed my life. They've enabled me to see that God is much bigger than I think he is. The world is much bigger than I think it is. People have different ideas, different concepts. I, I'm not as isolationist. I'm not as self-centered. I see things from a different viewpoint. And that is, that's transformative. For instance, many years ago, I had the opportunity to speak to a group of gypsies in a rubbish dump in Pakistan. Wow. And to get there, I had to cross a bridge which had was just a rail track across a rubbish dump. It was terrifying to over just to get to the place was terrifying. But to walk in to a to a tent full of 
gypsies who had never heard the name of Jesus, who had no concept of someone from another nation coming to their rubbish dump and to hear their story and to tell them that they could be forgiven was the most remarkable and life-affirming and challenging experience of my life. And I've had hundreds of those experiences simply because I crossed the bridge, I crossed the room, I booked a ticket, and I would just encourage anyone to do that. Yeah. You even talk about that in the book where you said at one point you were talking to a guy and going, I wish I could go there, but I don't have the resources. And you go on to say his response changed your perspective on that. And that's really what you're talking about is you have to make a decision at some point. Uh, you have to say, I'm going to engage, I'm going to step forward, I'm going to move forward, or it's just not going to happen. Exactly. You've got to take a risk sooner yeah. or later. Yeah. And I've discovered that when you do take the risk, even moving here to Australia was a risk. I was 35. I had three young children. I had a secure um, secure role to to go to the other side of the world with no guarantee of an income, with no guarantee of a future was a huge risk. But I have never once regretted it. And I see people living very uh, tragically small Mm -hmm. and short-sighted lives because they're never prepared to walk out of their door properly. And I just challenge people, take a risk, go and and see someone else. Here's an important question I haven't asked yet. How can people find the book? Oh, (laughs) it should be. It should be in your local bookshops or on Amazon, but probably the Hillsong Store is the best way. If you just go on the Hillsong uh, website, look for Hillsong Store, it's there. But it's also available on Amazon or some of the other big, um, uh, I think, book depository or your local bookshops. It should be available. And we'll make it easier. It's in the links. So wherever you're listening, just click on it. It will take you right to the book, right on Hillsong's website, so you can get it right to your door and start reading this book. It's, it's powerful. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to do the dreaded rapid-fire questions. Later in this week, we have a great conversation with a good friend of ours named Josh Carey. He is an entrepreneur, a podcaster, former comedian, and much, much more. We're going to be talking about his event called PodMax. We're going to be talking about the world of entrepreneurship, the world of podcasting, and much, much more. It's going to be a really fun conversation, so make sure to join us later this week as we sit down with Josh Carey. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now let's jump into rapid fire questions. Levez seulement le bras pour mettre l'aiguille sur le disque. Mettez le contact. We are back for rapid fire questions. Robert, are you ready? I'm ready whenever you are. Now we always ask a couple questions. Typically earlier in the episode, we didn't do that. So I'm going to throw them in here. For you, how do you find purpose in what you do? My purpose ultimately is God's purpose. Mm. David, the Bible says, serve the purpose of God in his generation. So building the church, extending the kingdom, glorifying God, that's my purpose. What is one challenge you're currently working to overcome? I'm always uh, over trying to overcome the sense of disappointment, things that I haven't done the way I should have done. Mm. I'm if, if I've written a book, I feel bad about it. If I've preached a message, I feel bad about it. That is my thorn in the flesh. I, I understand that. Always analyzing what you've done yeah. uh, when you can just leave it where it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what is the next big dream, idea, or goal that you have? Well, the next book is um, the second part of this one. Oh. So the first one is called, Are You Getting This? The next one is called, Did You Get That? So 20 more big ideas. <laughs> I love the question of legacy. So what do you want your legacy to be? That's a great question. It, there's, a, there's a verse in uh, the book of John, John chapter um, 1, I think it is in verse 37, talking about John the Baptist. And it says that the disciples went to John the Baptist and it says they heard John and they followed Jesus. Mm. For me... That is a great testimony. In other words, they didn't follow him. They followed Jesus. If I could have that on my gravestone, John 137, they heard Robert and they followed Jesus. I reckon that would be a pretty good legacy. I think that's a pretty phenomenal legacy right there. What is one tip you give someone with a big idea or dream and they don't know where to start? Start where you're at. Mm. Start today with what you have. I think Jesus exemplified that. When he talked to the Samaritan woman, he didn't go into all the details. He said, give me a glass of water. He started where she was at. She was thirsty. He helped her with that. And that moved on to the whole nation or the whole town being changed. Always start where you're at. What is one book you think every dreamer should read? Every dreamer? Oh, wow. I'm a great believer in uh, biographies. Oh, okay. So I, I would always recommend biographies. I think Reinhard Bonnke's book, Living a Life of Fire, or A Man of Fire, um, it's actually called, what is it called? It's called Living a Life of Fire, is one uh, biography I would highly recommend, Yeah, because he's got a very interesting background and achieved huge amounts in his life. Yeah, he's uh, been an impact in my life. Uh, Daniel Kalinda, who took over his ministry, him and I went to Brownsville to the revival school together uh, years and years ago. What a world changer. Okay. Well, my, my brother worked with uh, Reinhardt for seven years. So I got to know the team and Reinhardt and a uh, hugely impacting person in my life. 
If you weren't doing what you're doing today, what do you think you'd be doing? That's an impossible question because uh, I can't think of anything better to do than what I am doing. But I suppose I would be a biology teacher and um, not enjoying it very much. (laughs) Our final rapid fire question for you today is what is one dream you're still wanting to fulfill in your own life? Well, is it a big dream? Are you talking about or just a little dream? Because uh, this next year, I was going to go on a bucket list to see a polar bear in the wild. But sadly, because of COVID, I had to cancel that particular trip. So that's still in my bucket list. But uh, I would like to write a book a year, every year after I'm 70 years old. I love that. So so however long I live, that's what I would like to do. (laughs) As we wrap up the conversation, we always like to leave our guests have the final thought. What would you like to leave all of us listening with today? Well, on on a very spiritual note, I'd say keep keep your eyes on Jesus. On a practical note, I'd say keep doing the right thing. If you keep doing the right thing, sooner or later, it'll bear fruit in your life. Robert, thanks so much for taking time out. I love the book. I can't wait to dive further into it, digest it more. And uh, thanks for sharing a topic that that we really need to refine in, in all of our lives. Well, thank you very much, Michael. It's been a real joy and an honor to talk to you. And I hope it will help the people who listen. Once again, I want to thank Robert for taking time out and being on the show with us today. Whether you're a person of faith or not, the lessons from his book will help you become a better storyteller. And I know that there are a lot of listeners who love story and the art of storytelling. So make sure to go check out his books. The links are in the episode notes. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's show. I hope the conversation has helped you on the journey of finding your story, of discovering why you're created and stepping into that fullness. It is a risk. It is a journey that is hard, but worth taking. And that's my challenge to you today. Take a step into that dream, into that destiny. Take the risk. I think it will pay off. Actually, I know it will. So stop playing for safe and start playing for the big game, the game of changing your own life. Now it's up to you, though. You've got to get out there, dream big, and change the world around you. Cherchez la meilleure position. Les bras et les jambes légèrement espacés. Sur les côtés, vous êtes une autre personne. Les mères de famille, les enfants peuvent également prendre un moment revitalisant dans quelques mois lorsque vous aurez bien saisi la technique et que vous serez maître de votre corps. Vous pourrez vous décontracter. Même en travaillant.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.